Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to another edition of Over the Top Sports. I am Vinny the Shark alongside Big Mike, and we are without Rob tonight, but we do have a special guest joining us, and that is no other than Tony Delk, a former NBA player and former NCAA champion with Kentucky back in 1996. He's kind enough to be coming on and joining us. We're going to talk some college and NBA with him, so we look forward to that. But as always, we're going to get into baseball. Big Mike's got his plays for you. You know his money with those, so you don't want to miss out on that. So much to talk about, and we always want you to get involved on the action at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. Or give us a tweet at Over the Top Sport, no S. Or even on Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live. Comment and tell us how we're doing. Tell us how pretty we look. We want to hear about it. So we'd love to get you involved. Big Mike, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. The Mets aren't doing good. My Mets aren't doing good, but I am doing good. And the Yankees got swept by the Rays. We'll get into baseball later, but let's keep it NBA. We got some free agency coming up. Uh, you just uh, told me how excited you are about this Paul George three-part free agency announcement he's going to be doing. Oh, I'm ecstatic. I already set the DVR, Vinny. I can't wait. <laughs> Do you think that's worse or better than LeBron's decision that he did? I think it's horrible. I think it's equal. I think it's, I think it's equal, but LeBron's a better player than Paul George. So, I mean, this is ESPN again, just basketball, 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 and forgetting that there's other sports they're going on. Seriously, strictly basketball. I was watching First Take today. If they're not talking about basketball or talking about Colin Kaepernick, they don't even know what nine innings it's of horrible. baseball is. They it's don't horrible. know that there's nine innings in the game of baseball. They never talk about it ever. That's strictly basketball. We've been in the offseason for some time. So, they got to move on. But free agency coming up. Paul George, I think his, um, his thing that he's doing is definitely worse than LeBron's. At least LeBron's is for – a good charity, I guess, mm-hmm. even though it's mm-hmm. still a very selfish, all eyes on me kind of thing. But um, I don't know. Paul George doing this. Uh, it's going to be interesting free agency. I guess he might be one of the first dominoes to fall. And you know what? Whether he's doing this or not, you know he's going to get a lot of views. And, Do you think um, we would be bashing ESPN, though, for constant talking about basketball if the Knicks were good? You think um, that has anything to do with it? I'm sure it does. I mean, the Knicks gave I us mean, a little faith, Vinny. You think we'd be like, well, I'll watch this right now. You know, why not? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Knicks are good. I'd be so excited. This <laughs> just hasn't happened in so long. I'm going to want to see it all the time. But, um, you know, they just got to they gotta move elsewhere. You know, there's an NFL offseason coming up. There's actually baseball going on, and they just they love basketball. And we've been a couple weeks out of it. They do have their award show tonight. Yes. Uh, we'll get into our picks, who we think is going to win that. That's going on at 9 o'clock tonight on PNT. So, Anybody wants to see that, they're going to name all the awards. They do a little award show. Drake hosted it last year. I don't know who the hell is hosting it this year, but uh, there's an award show going tonight, so you'll find out all the winners of the current season. I'm curious to see how they do with that because I don't know if they're going to, you know, the playoffs are so fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to take away from people who didn't have a good playoffs and uh, or didn't make the playoffs that's going to, you know, Someone who did good in the playoffs now is going to get the award right. because it's fresh. I'm curious to see if that plays. Do you think that's going to have a factor tonight? Uh, I don't know. I think a perfect example that could be Donovan Mitchell. And, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, for rookie of the year, playoffs he really took off. And, uh, you know, the regular season was a good player, Vinny, but the playoffs is where he really shined. So 
to your point, that's somebody to keep an eye on. All right, and we have a phone call, and it is none other than our special guest, the man. He was the 1996 NCAA champion with the Kentucky Wildcats, former NBA player, Tony Delk. Welcome to Over the Top Sports. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Thank you for giving us the time. So let's get right to it. Um, Long time ago, you were a college player. What made you pick the University of Kentucky? You know what? To be honest with you, uh, I have to to give one person – a lot of credit, you know. Of course, Coach uh, Coach Tino was the guy that coached me and got me ready for that next level. But Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan was a master recruiter. Uh, he came to my little small town of Brownsville, Tennessee, and started recruiting me as a sophomore. And uh, took a lot of interest in me. Got to know my family uh, really well. And it was a guy I trusted. You know, I think once you get in with the moms, I always tell guys, you know, as you're recruiting these kids. You got to get close to the mom. You got to find out what the mom likes, what what she wants, what's going to make her happy. And Billy found out what made my my parents happy, and uh, so he was able to go with that. But also just the opportunity to go and and play for Coach Tina, who had just left the NBA a few years ago. Um, you know, a great X and O guy, a great motivator, and a guy to prepare many many guys as well as coaches for the next level. And you have to say you made the right choice. You had quite a career there with the national title game. Was there any specific reason behind your number, double zero? Well, you know what? It's, it's funny. I came out with a book about a month ago. It's called Shooter, the Story Behind, Behind the Double Zero. You can purchase that book at com. But my older brother uh, wore that number. He was about 15, I think like 17 years older than I was. And I remember being a sophomore uh, in high school, and he at that time he lived in Atlanta where I live now, and I went down and played him, and I finally was able to beat him. I said, you know what, I like after I beat him, I decided I was like, you know, I want to take that number and keep the number going, and uh, just really was something that you know, as he was one of the first guys to go, first family member to go to college, get his degree, and I just thought it was something special for uh, for our family that we can carry that number on, and his kids end up having the number. Uh, my daughter's had the number, so it's a special number in the Delk family. Yeah, it's cool to see on the court, too. So you may mention to him before, what was it like playing for uh, Coach Patino? You know, it, it was I was I did a basketball clinic today, and I was talking to a number of kids, and I was just telling them how much hard work that is uh, that is required. And, uh, you know, when I first got to even don't remember this, I didn't play a lot my freshman season. Coming in with all the accolades was something that really didn't matter to Coach Patino. It was about earning your spot, earning your playing time. And about the fifth game of that year, I thought about transferring because I remember calling around to a couple different schools. My brothers did the same. And I went in and talked to Coach, and I told him, I said, you know, once the season ends, I want to transfer to another school. But long story short, um, you know, I had to learn, I had to grow up, had to mature. Um, Every summer I stayed and got better, got closer to getting my degree. Uh, you know, and I think it was a work ethic. I think it was the hours of uh, spending spending time on my craft and doing it the right way. So many kids spend a lot of hours working on their game, but they're not working on the right thing. And I think Coach Bettino, just, saw, just seeing how good I was, you know, shooting the ball, he taught me how to play without the ball and how to use screen, which added another dimension to my game. And sadly, we can't bring up Patino. He left the uh, he left the sport not the way he wanted to go out. The NCAA came down on him and stripped his uh, Louisville national championship. Uh, what were your thoughts on the whole escort sex scandal, and uh, should that have been pinned on Rick Patino? 
Well, you know, I, I think a lot was going on, and, and Coach, when I go back to how he was in the 90s, you know, how he, he watched us extremely well. He had a lot of coaches that paid attention to what we were doing, and I think there was such a turnaround with coaches. You know, uh, when you have guys like a Billy Donovan, Herb Sendak, um, Jim O'Brien, those are, and uh, Kevin Willard, those are older guys that, you know, they're solid. They're they're trustworthy and they're guys that have Coach Patino back. I think as he start hiring guys, that everyone that have his best interest at heart. And this, and when things happen on your clock, you are the one that's, that's held accountable. So when all this took place, some of it I don't think Coach I know Coach know about a lot of it because you know even even as a college coach, I mean there were things that we did at University of Kentucky that Coach never knew about. You can't watch a kid twenty four seven just hoping that when you recruit the kid. He comes from a good background, and he makes the right decision. And I just think he hired some guys that was trying to get to the next job by trying to impress him. But what what ended up happening was all of that fell on coaches on coaches' plate. And then he was the one that, that got punished. The uh, you know he got punished out of all of this. And having a couple opportunities where he made a couple of mistakes, and then you have to pay for those mistakes, and that's what happened. And and talking talking to him, I mean, he really really and truly missed the game and. To have the title vacated, I think that hurt him more than anything. And again, we're speaking with Tony Delk, who has a book out, Shooter. The O's are double zeros, of course. The story behind the double zeros. Uh, Tony, in your opinion, should college athletes get paid? I think they should, but I think Title IX prevents that because you have to – it has to be equal across the board. And football and basketball is going to bring in most of the revenue. Baseball is going to bring in some revenue. And you have to share in that money. And I think with all these mega TV deals and apparel and you think about concession stands, there's so much money universal bringing in. And I'm not saying you have to pay these guys thousands and thousands of dollars, but there should, there should be some compensation going out to pay these guys for the jersey sales, uh, the TV deal. And I, I just think it's rightfully so that, you know, these kids, they, they give so much. And although, yeah, you get a, scholar, a free scholarship, but you've earned that scholarship. Just like when the money comes in, I mean, none of the players ever touch that money. So that's the reason why you see a lot of these guys that come in and even with their parents, why do I want to go to a program where I'm going to see them make millions of dollars off of my son and we don't reap any of the benefits and uh, those players are wising up. And I think the parents are understanding that NCAA, you know, they're making so much money, but no one knows where all of this money is going to, you know, from athletics. And then you have recruits that have been getting paid. We even heard about DeAndre Ayton. We've heard about Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, we heard about the Fab Five. We, we know about a lot of these things. The FBI is coming down and proving that uh, these coaches are literally, you know, persuading these guys and recruiting them with means of money and not just come to our university. Uh, how many athletes do you know personally that have uh, gone through that, have been offered that, maybe even yourself included? Uh, how long has this been going on for? And do you think it's going to come to an end considering – what went down I, last year? Hey, I would never tell on myself. But and and talking and just seeing how the sport is, um, you know, if if you go to these to a a, a family that's in the in the project uh, that have been dealing with poverty for many many years, and you give them money, I mean, it's hard to turn down that money. Um, and I always said that, you know, I was just in a great position with my with my parents, but I had older siblings, so when I needed something. I kind of relied on those guys, my, my sister and my brothers, to help me out. So I really didn't have anyone approach me and say, hey, you, you take this amount of 
money, you can go here. I was never persuaded like that. I think uh, just having good parents, and I think I was scared. You know, I thought I was going to get in trouble. And, and, and going back to Kentucky, Coach Patino put the fear of God in us. You know, if, if you get caught up, you're not dealing with my friends, that you're going to lose your scholarship. And I think that's where, as the generation changed, you know, he kind of changed how he was the, the fearful coach that we played for. Uh, he became a became a coach that's allowing guys probably to be a little bit more loose than they, they have been. He really had us under, you know, like curfew. There were certain things where, you know, we respected everything he said. You know, we wasn't going out and doing things we should have been doing. No, though, you can't watch 15 guys, you know, 24-7. So in saying that, I mean, the opportunity, there's always going to be opportunities to get money from a, a talented player like, you know, a guy that's coming like a DeAndre Aiden. But the player got to be smart. If you haven't had money in 18 years, if you're that good, why not wait just another year? you have that money sooner than later. And it was a lot different time then with uh, social media now. so much harder to get away with anything than when you were playing. Yes, yes, it was. Social media has definitely affected, you uh, what we do and how we do it. And just knowing that so many people are watching you, you definitely got to be careful. But I would just tell guys, if you're that good, you know, just wait another year or two, uh, get the money. You don't owe anybody anything. You've earned it. And if you're good enough, you're going to make even more money when you make it to the pros. And we're speaking with Tony Delk. The Tony Delk IMAC Regeneration Center opened this week, Tony. Just tell us a little about that. It treats arthritis, acute sports injuries, been in the works for a little bit here. Uh, give us a few minutes and just tell us about uh, the Regeneration Center that you're, uh, you opened. Well, the, the thing about it I'm so excited about, you know, platelet-rich plasma, uh, the stem cells, the uh, physical therapy, and just chiropractic, uh, chiropractic where it helps you with, with your, your ailing injuries, you know, and it, and it really was brought to the different uh, facilities around the country. You know, I think there's about – there's three, David Price, there's Ozzy Smith, and then the Tony Duck IMAC Regeneration Center. But really, it's, it's kind of like to rejuvenate your body with your own stem cells instead of, you know, dealing with surgery or being addicted to prescription pain medication. Uh, I might be a patient myself. My Achilles have been bothering me, so I'm trying to figure out a way so I don't rupture or tear that thing. And I think I'm going to try to go myself maybe uh, next week and get, in, get an injection myself to see how it works, how it see how it's going to help my body and, uh, you know, just be able to, to understand how it fully works. But I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to try to better – we're going to definitely try to better the quality of life of people in Lexington. So those who are listening, if there's a rejuvenation center around you, IMAC Regeneration Center, definitely something to go visit. Aches and pains is definitely is the way – the new wave of technology right now in medicine. So uh, I'm excited about all the people that came in and saw us um, – just a few days ago, and uh, we're going to keep pushing it, keep trying to get people to come in and try it, and uh, we're going to educate them more on it. You've done a little coaching. 2009, you served with uh, John Calipari at Kentucky, obviously, and then 2011, the New Mexico State Aggies. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you stopped that to be closer to your family, but uh, is coaching something that you'd like to get back into? Is that uh, something you see yourself doing long term? It's you know it's funny because I had a, I had a clinic today and I had about eighteen to twenty kids and I had a three hour clinic teaching the basic fundamentals of basketball had about four or five girls and the rest were guys and you know I really get that buzz I get so excited about you know getting out there teaching them uh, what I was taught as a player how I how the game is is transforming right now 
And when I sell that, I'm like, gosh, you know, it takes a lot of time, you know, just to do this every day. And just three hours is not even a full day. You know, that's like one-fourth of the day. Because even as a coach, I would arrive maybe 7 in the morning, get a workout in, and I might be there from 7 in the morning to 8 or 9. And it really takes away from, you know, for me, it was just I really was missing my kids. You know, I enjoy teaching the game of basketball. I love it. Uh, I have all this wealth of knowledge, and I want to share and give it to players. Uh, so it, it, it's one of those things that will have to be the right situation uh, where it's definitely warm. I don't want to go anywhere where it's cold uh, and not too far <laughs> away from Atlanta. All right, the NBA, you were quite the journeyman, 96 to 2008. You played for eight teams. I'm curious, how was your living situation? Was it hard not being able to ever settle down? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's one of those questions that's asked many, many times with all the different teams. I said, <laughs> the good thing about it, a lot of these equipment managers are still there, so I can call them and give me some gear. That, that's the one benefit. But as far as, like, traveling, you know, it, it, it became a hassle probably after about the fifth time. I'm like, yeah, gosh, you know. Uh, it, it, and it wasn't that, you know, I was a bad teammate. You know, it was more I had an easy contract to move. Everywhere I went and played, um, I, I thought I played well enough to stay there for at least a number of years. Uh, I work really well in a system, um, you know, based on what I did in Kentucky. I know how to play in a system with other good, talented players. But it, it was just that, you know, every time I thought it was going to be a home, I'm like, even when I signed my six-year deal with Phoenix, I'm like, wow, I'm going to be here for a few years. I get traded a year, a year and a half into that deal to Boston, and it was from Boston to, to Dallas, uh, Dallas to Atlanta, Detroit. I was like, oh, my God. So it was during my NBA career. You know, I didn't have the stability that I once had at Kentucky. And it's, you know, I still love the game, but I just really didn't like, did not like moving. I wish I could have just set up shop and stayed with a team for a number of years. So if I, so if right, I were to do it again, I would sign a contract with a no-trade no clause in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty of trades. Let's talk about your big night. You put up 53 points against your former team, the Sacramento Kings. What got into you, man? Did you have a chip on your shoulder? You know, it really wasn't a chip on my shoulder. I think when I when I left Sacramento, I really wanted to stay in Sacramento. I enjoyed playing with Pager, uh, C. Webb, Body, John Barry, Jay Will. I mean, we had a really fun, exciting team. And at that time, it was it was like my coming out party. I had such a great playoff against the Lakers. Uh, in the second half of that season, it started to get more playing time. I was in the rotation, perfect situation. And then Phoenix came with a, a deal I couldn't turn down. Because at that time, like I said, I was a – I was in between Charlotte, Golden State, Sacramento, and this gave me the stability uh, financially that I needed, and I had to take the six-year deal. But just going back to that game against Sacramento, it was one of those nights. I mean, Jason Kidd was, you know, him and Steve Nash were definitely two best point guards I played with. But Jason made the game so easy. You know, it's about just running, uh, getting open. He's going to make the right play. He's a pass first point guard. And that night, like I said, I was just in the, I was in a rhythm. I was feeling it. You know, it wasn't like they was going – to me, every possession down the court. I made my shots just during the course of the game. And uh, before I knew it, I looked up at the scoreboard. I was like, I can't. I got 40 points, you know. And I, at that point, I never had a 30-point game and not, <laughs> not even close to a 40-point game. So it, it was one of those special nights that, you know, I, I look back and I say, wow, you know, it's, it's one of the nights that definitely ranked high in my accolades. And I think no threes in that game, right? Uh, no threes. I only attempted one, you know. So three point is back. funny too, because I love to shoot threes now as I get out there and play pickup ball. But during 
that time I was a mid-range, get to the basket. If the three was there, I would take it. But uh, I would be great in this era. Many shots and threes as they get up. I, I wish my mom had had me in 94 instead of 1974. <laughs> yeah, you could probably have a place in the Warriors. If that's all you got to do is shoot that three and you got a spot there. Shoot that do you think ball. the NBA – <laughs> do you think the NBA should do away with the conferences and just take the top 16 teams in the NBA? We've heard Adam Silver have some uh, consideration about this. What's your thoughts on that? I, I kind of like that, but I just think it, it's it's going to be a lot of traveling. You know, I think it, it's, you know, and, and maybe one year I think they should, should tamper with it. They should try one year just to see how it works, take the, the top 16 teams and, and kind of go and just see what happens. I mean, I, I don't think it would, would hurt anything. I think it brings – more excitement to, to the game and to the playoffs is that, you know, you might start with a, let's say, Golden State maybe playing a, maybe like a Boston, you know, in, in the in the semis, you know, earlier than, than expected. And I just like the matchup of having the 16 best teams. And you're right, they should compete kind of like the NCAA tournament. But I know I don't think it's the money. Uh, you're going to make money regardless with these mega teams. Tony, are you still there? Losing Tony Delk here. All right, we, we lost connection, but we got a quality interview with him. Um, well, we only had a couple more questions we wanted to hit with him, but other than that, uh, pretty pretty good dude. He had a decent career, uh, definitely a good collegiate career, and a solid guest. We appreciate him giving us the time. Should I try to get back on? Yeah, Oh, it's going back right now. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. All right, Tony, you're back with us? Yes, yes. But, yeah, back to your question. Yeah, I I would love to see Adam Silver just, you know, put a twist in the game. I mean, just bring some more excitement to the NBA. I think it's a game that, uh, that's, like I said, done well globally. And he's come in, he's he's a different kind of commissioner. You know, I think he listens to what the players have to say. And, as you know, it's a player's league. So, I think if the players like it, you know, even with he with him giving him more rest during the course of the season, not having so many back to back games, a longer All Star break. Doing, he's really trying, and he has done a good job of listening to the guys that play on the court, and that's the mo- that that's your product. You know, that's your entertainment, and if they're happy, they're going to be able to produce uh, the way that they have been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, a big name against that idea is actually LeBron James, and we know uh, how much uh, weight his words hold in that league. <laughs> And yeah, speaking well, of LeBron, LeBron gotta... has... go ahead. No, go ahead, please, Tony. Well, no, I, I think LeBron is probably the only player I know in in professional sports that no one has had the has the power and the leverage that he's had, and he's just been sure. a, a spokesmodel for a guy that you know made so much money, but just been a, he's been a, a a outspoken person when silver issues have happened, and uh, you know he's. He's outspoken, which, you know, a lot of guys are scared to, to tamper with that. Uh, it might hurt their brand. It might uh, They might lose endorsement deal. But, you know, he's definitely stood up for some great causes. And uh, LeBron, um, you know, I, I like him off the court just as well as I like him on the court. A phenomenal player. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes next. And speaking of LeBron, we have to ask you, LeBron or Jordan, which one? <laughs> you know what? Uh, if I'm playing, I would rather play with LeBron. It means I'm going to get a lot of shots. You know, he's definitely going to try to get everyone involved. And not, not anything against Mike. Mike was that guy that, you know, he wanted the ball to him to win the game.
but two different kind of players at the end of the day. I, I look at the comparison, um, and, I, and I thought the comparison should have been maybe Kobe and LeBron. I mean, I think you leave Michael out of the equation. Michael done something that, that hasn't been done in our era. You know, just think about winning all those championships is that, you know, getting to the finals, six, you know, winning six finals, six finals MVP, that he separated himself from those guys already. And, yeah, he had some first-round losses, but you look at the team he lost. He lost the team that had won championships. And I think how LeBron approaches the game, I know he dominates the ball a lot more than Michael did. You know, LeBron is a ball-dominant guy. He controls the narrative. So, like I said earlier, I don't think anyone has ever had as much leverage as LeBron to be able to control who he wants on his team, where he wants to go. And to me, it brings a, it brings a different kind of excitement to the game where, you know, I wish I could have had that kind of power and leverage, you know, when I became a free agent to really pick that team. And then you strangle – you have the whole league – you basically have the whole league and a stranglehold. You really have it holding everybody hot. The other, every other team is kind of waiting for the big domino to fall before they give other guys, other free agents, opportunities to sign deals. So it lets you know the kind of power that he has in the NBA, and he's done a phenomenal job of being the face of the NBA and also being an ambassador of the NBA. All right, where do you think LeBron's going to end up next year, and where do you think he should go next year? Uh, you know, it, it's funny that we talk about, like, you know, he's the only guy that we want to see win championships. I mean, there's 29 other teams outside of Golden State that would love to be in the, uh, in the position to win championships. But we're so focused on, like, we need to – like, LeBron needs to – like, it, it's, it's worried about his legacy, but there's so many other good players that play this game, so many other good organizations that would love to be in position. And I think when I look at LeBron is, you know, he might not win another championship. You know, we don't know. But I'm not going to change my team and how I operate as a GM to try to get LeBron because at the end of the day, there's going to be 20, 29 other teams that's not going to have LeBron, but you still have to compete at the highest level. Uh, the Lakers sound, I think that's where, you know, he might go having two homes out there. Uh, it makes sense. He might be able to persuade Paul George to come over. I don't think Kawhi is going to go there. I think if I know Popovich and those guys, they're not going to they're not going to do anything with the West. I think they're going to send them east. Mm-hmm. And, and and if I'm Pop, I would do the same thing. I'm not going to I'm not going to help the Lakers win a championship. That's something that I know San Antonio Spurs would never do. So he's going somewhere on the East Coast if he leaves San Antonio. But LeBron probably, I think, I like I like Houston, but he doesn't like the city. I think he gives them, you know, I think he would have to dominate the ball. I, I would love to see James Harden play, maybe have a post game, come off screens, but I don't see that happening because they would have to unload so many players. So Le- LeBron controls so many different nar- uh, narratives here that it's going to be hard other than the Lakers for any other team to get him. So, and before we let you go, one more. Who uh, in today's NBA, who is your favorite player to watch? If there was a game on and that player was playing, you have to catch that game. If I was paying my money to watch a player, I'm going to go with my Kentucky guy, A.D. I mean, A.D. is, is something special when he's on the court. When he's healthy, he can knock down shots from the outside. Uh, he can pose. You know, he's athletic. He defends. He can put the ball on the floor. I, I like watching a long, athletic A.D. I mean, he, he's a special player. And, you know, there's a number of guys I can put up there that I enjoy watching from LeBron to Dame, to Dame Lillard. Uh, I like watching Steph, K.D., I like watching Golden State because the ball moves. The ball just, just doesn't get stuck. You know, you're seeing guys cut and move without the ball. 
And as I was teaching class, teaching my clinic today, I was trying to tell them, I said, the easiest person to guard me at 44, I can guard someone that doesn't move. But when you're moving, that's what makes a team like Golden State lethal. And you put Draymond down there, who's a willing passer, guys cutting, moving out the ball. I like watching those kind of plays. So probably uh, I like Clay. Clay. Clay makes it. He makes the game easy just by catching and shooting and just knowing what he does well. And, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. You gave us uh, an extra few minutes there. We truly appreciate it. We appreciate you calling back. Uh, the book, Shooter, the story behind the double zeros. Goon, our producer, is going to put a link uh, on Twitter where you can purchase that. Tony, thank you so much, and hopefully we can catch up with you uh, some point next season. Okay, appreciate you guys. Take care. Thank you. And that's Tony Delk joining us. Uh, gave us uh, quite a bit of time here. Nice guy, Vinny. And uh, a lot of good points, man. I agree with him with Adam Silver has been fantastic for this league. He really yeah, has. he has. Um, I thought David Stern was always one of the better commissioners, and he's actually outshined them big yeah. time. And uh, he said a couple of interesting things. I actually really like the uh, I can guard somebody who doesn't move kind of thing mm-hmm. because um, there's a lot of people out at the yard and uh, pick up basketball for that. <laughs> but uh, very good guest. We appreciate his time. That was Tony Delk. So uh, staying with the NBA, before we jump to baseball, Mike, let's get into our uh, award predictions here tonight for the NBA. Um, We'll do the MVP. Let's just start with the MVP. Why not? Uh, Who do you got winning the MVP tonight? Uh, I think it should be James Harden, but I think it's going to be LeBron James. And And if you look at, I'm sorry, if you look at that cast, that is why it should be LeBron James. And that is why um, the playoffs have, you know, shrunk into people's minds with this situation because James Harden was – the best player on the best team this year. And, yeah, I mean, naturally, LeBron's cast wasn't all that great. Uh, he, he should win MVP every year, but I think uh, James Harden's done enough to uh, do it this year. Anthony Davis was the other nomination. Uh, that guy, I wanted to say to Tony Doug, he gets lost in the fold like crazy. Agree, uh, Anthony agree. Davis, such a such a stud player. He but is uh, now. We're talking about the other two without even bringing him up. That, yeah. You know, that he has a chance. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going James Harden. You're going LeBron for MVP. Yep. Rookie of the year, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. Hell of a three right there. It is, but I think, again, you want to talk playoffs. Tatum really shined in the playoffs. I don't think he was that good during the regular season. Uh, again, Donovan Mitchell, good, great in the playoffs. So I'll go with that. It's Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons should win it for the regular season because that's what he was. The regular season is what the awards are. That's exactly. what I'm very curious is going to happen tonight. Uh, ben Simmons uh, should get it, but I kind of am pulling for Donovan Mitchell. I just like him better. I, mm-hmm. Such an under-the-radar guy who's done some great things with the Jazz, and he that guy could score. He led the rookies in scoring, but Ben Simmons, all-around player, good player for the Sixers. Coach of the year, Dwayne Casey, Brad Stevens, <laughs> Quinn Snyder. Uh, to me, it's not even close. I think it's Brad Stevens. When you lose Gordon Hayward on the opening night, right, first night, first game, uh, you make that. Kyrie missed time down the stretch there. You make the playoffs, and, uh, again, we're not going to talk playoffs. You make <laughs> the playoffs. To me, it's Brad Stevens. And, uh, again, I think Brad Stevens is a flashy guy due to the playoffs. But, uh, like you said, he has the resume. I think Dwayne Casey, the guy who got fired, he deserves to win it. Because the Raptors, uh, you know, they're always quietly in the top three. And now it's just kind of being expected. Dwayne Casey deserves some love. I'll tell you who got snubbed snubbed here. It's Mike Mm D'Antoni. Best uh, record in the NBA. And uh, he doesn't get it. And he did a good job. Everyone's saying Harden and Paul can't play together. Right. Great job rotationing these guys. He deserves maybe to even win the award. He's and they not finished even first. Finished. Everyone had Golden State finishing first. They finished first. And that, that, that alone, that's a great point, Mike. That alone should give this guy the award. He's not even being nominated here. And um, you know what? And just to stay on him, sorry, Vinny. 
I don't think he gets enough credit as a great coach because of his time here in New York where it just didn't work. Yeah, and that was, had nothing to do with him. Right. And uh, he was very prone to head office. He wanted Steph Curry. Right. Uh, he, he Unfortunately, Curry didn't fall to the Knicks, so that would have been one thing the Knicks finally got right. Mm-hmm. would have been a huge thing, obviously. But uh, he was a good coach for the Knicks. It just didn't work out. He had to deal with the Marbury situation. <laughs> he was great with the Suns before. So give him some talent and some uh, players to play with, and he's going to be a good coach. On to Defensive Player of the Year. It's all big men. Rudy Gobert of Utah, Anthony Davis, uh, New Orleans, and Joel Embiid, your boy, from Philadelphia. Uh, it can go either way. It can go with any of the three, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm going to say Rudy Gobert. I uh, Kind of a dark horse, if you ask me. But I bought into that Utah Jazz, just watching them in the playoffs and towards the end of the regular season. He was phenomenal, and he really instilled like a, a defensive mind for them. So, uh, if me, Rudy Gobert. It seems like the Jazz that you love seeing uh, a no-name. I don't want to say no-name to Rudy Gobert. And right. Still disrespectful. But, you know, when he's going up against big-time names and what he's doing protecting the rim, to see what this guy does getting hit in Utah. But I'm going with Anthony Davis for the defensive player of the year. He's just he's just a monster, an all-around monster. Uh, most improved player, we got Spencer Dinwiddle, Victor Oladipo, and Clinton Dumba-Capella. Uh, I think it has to be Victor Oladipo because this trade – with um, the Thunder was, you know, supposed to be Paul George and Oladipo was just there. The contracts matched up and good player. Victor Oladipo this season became a star. He did. And he took LeBron James to seven games. Uh, I know we're talking playoffs and regular right. season again, but Victor Oladipo finally got away from Russell Westbrook. He actually had some good moments over there with the Orlando Magic. He goes mm-hmm. to Westbrook's dominated ball, ball handling over there. Uh, he got lost in the fold over there at OKC. Goes to Indiana. He literally carried that team to the playoffs. He became... A superstar in the East, you could actually right. say. He's a very underrated player. He's a throw-in in that trade. Great steal by uh, Indiana, and I definitely think he gets awarded tonight with the most valuable player. Last award, sixth man of the year, Lou Williams, Eric Gordon, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I'm going to go Eric Gordon. I think, uh, you know, just from what you've seen out of him, I, I think he gets it. I think Eric Gordon uh, last year was phenomenal, and I think this year just too much uh, talent around that Rocket team to give it to him. I like Lou Williams. Uh, always been a special player, and he deserves this award. So that's the NBA Awards tonight at 9 o'clock TNC. Hosted by Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson, player. Okay. Oh, God, that's <laughs> uh, I'm an Anthony Anderson guy. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I like Anthony Anderson. No way. <laughs> Better than Drake. I'll agree with you there. I will give you that. Uh, and just to, before we wrap up the NBA video, I do have the updated odds according to CBS Sports. Free agents and just big names, they're calling it, uh, where they can end up. Kawhi, the favorite right now is the Boston Celtics, plus 175. Uh, 76. I'm sorry. Yeah, Boston Celtics one. 76 is two. Magic three. Magic is very interesting. Why the magic? Interesting. Not sure. Paul George Lakers minus 150. Go back to the Thunder plus 175 and the Clippers uh, plus 575. I would bet that 150. That's pretty reasonable. Lakers. Yeah, I would take Paul George. That's that's uh, cheaper than a Clayton Kershaw start. <laughs> uh, Demarcus Cousin. The Pelicans plus 100 and then it just has the field at minus 130. All right, uh, that's interesting. Uh, the field might be interesting. I don't think he's going back there. Uh, I, I think he could find a better home. Chris Paul, uh, I don't know why he was is he even out in his contract. Uh, he could opt out. All right, so Rockets plus 100, Lakers plus 325, any other team plus 150. I think he's staying there. After the season they had and seeing how they work, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Considering he said, I'm coming back at plus 100, that's something I, I'm going to hammer. I know NBA players aren't These are words, today too. but um, that is interesting. CBS Sports. Two hours um, ago. Well, Chris Paul should be hammered. I think Paul George should be hammered. Um, Chris Paul got rejected to the Lakers once before, uh, and then he had to go to the Clippers. That was one of the more interesting things that's happened in the NBA under David Stern's watch. Uh, one last thing about the NBA before we move on, Mike. Colin Sexton 
He's going to be wearing Kyrie Irving's number two number. Kyrie said, it's cool. Well, Kyrie, you don't have a, you don't have a say. You did have the biggest shot in Cavalier history, but I don't think his jersey number is worth retiring because he's not top five in anything all time for the Cavaliers franchise record. So cool. he has no, he hates the Cavaliers. He is so done with them. Colin Sexton's got his number now. And listen, you know, I don't know how it was asked, but you just think Kyrie's a difficult guy. I mean, I yeah, get the whole I Cleveland thing with, you know, LeBron and whatever not working there, but now Boston, he might not stay there. Do you think he's just like difficult? He wins a title. Like I said, hit the biggest shot of Cavalier history and his history, uh, his career. And then he wants to leave. He wants to leave a championship team just like that. And they had to trade him. Uh, now he's already talking about leaving the Celtics, and this team was the number one seed in the right. East. I mean, what, why does he not like playing on the best teams? What's he going on? He babied and coddled and feel needed. And after seeing the Celtics this season, you know, they need him, but you really don't. I don't know. There's something up with his head. He also thinks the world is flat, and somehow this guy got a Duke scholarship. Go figure. And so. a movie. <laughs> uh, real quick, Facebook, we got a question from Josh. He says, LeBron and Paul George, the Lakers, with Angelo Ball being scooped up before the season starts. Thoughts? Well, Leandro Ball will not be a Laker this year. Um, they passed on him in the waivers, or he did. We worked out for them. He was actually terrible, and the Lakers declined it, so he can't play for the Lakers this year. So no Leandro, and I think Lonzo is on the trading block. He could be there. But, uh, I mean, LeBron and Paul George, that seems to be what everyone's talking about. Yeah, and, I mean, you just heard Tony Delk. Uh, it's certainly possible. Vinny, we're going to move into baseball here, 737 over the top sports Monday night. And uh, before we get into that, we should mention that we've known about it, but it's now official. Our 100th show will be celebrated on Saturday, July 7th. A couple good guests, a couple cool giveaways. Uh, we're going to start promoting that. But July 7th is our 100th show. We've actually made it 100 shows. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the technical difficulties will be fine that day because we're I pretty good it. at that. Today it was Tony Delk's fault. Not- uh, one other show it's going to be a good time we'll have some giveaways we have a couple of guests already lined up we'll have the official announcement when we know our official guests but we have two already set up for you uh pretty good ones if you're new yorkers so it's going to be a good show check it out july 7th special two hours 10 a.m to 12 and uh move right into baseball your new york yankees getting swept by the tampa bay rays and bullpen days yeah, well, the Rays seem to be that pesky team that everyone has to go through. Every franchise has a team they can't beat. It looks like it's the Rays. Uh, listen, the Yankees got screwed yesterday because of the Rays' stupid, terrible, gloomy dump hole of a stadium <laughs> that they call Tropicana Field with the catwalk. This time it was a speaker hanging up there. Clint Frazier hits the hit speaker, and then it comes all the way back to the shortstop who catches it in the outfield. And he's ruled out instead of the Yankees with the lead, which they went all in for Aaron Boone, sending out all the closers, bullpens, everybody, all the good names out there. He didn't extend anybody until he ended up sending out Chase and Shreve, the worst of all. That that guy's got to go. But listen, they got screwed because of Tropicana Field. They should have avoided the sweep. And I hate the Yankees, but I will agree with you. And then you have Gary Sanchez getting hurt later on. Had that been a home run, and, you know, who knows what happens. You're playing. And then one more thing. The Rays' Twitter comes out here and says that we, the Yankees, owe them a new speaker. Oh, how dare they do that to us. You owe us a speaker. You owe us a win. We'll pay your lousy franchise the money that you guys don't have for your damn speaker and some. You can take Jason Shreve while you're at it, and and you can give us that win back that we were robbed at because your stadium sucks. Nobody wants Jason Shreve. But Gary Sanchez on the DL, that's not a good thing. We're going to see Austin Romine playing. They call the pick of Shioka. That guy's not any good at all. But uh, Sanchez, I know everybody's talking about his uh, batting average under 200. The guy knocks and runs, and he's a presence in the middle of that lineup. That's going to hurt them a little bit. And we'll talk a little about that uh, more when we talk fact or fiction uh, in a little bit. Gary Sanchez is one of those. 
you lose three to Tampa Bay, you're still tied in the division with the Boston Red Sox. Vinny, uh, I make nothing of it. The New York Yankees losing three. You're not going to win 120 games, whatever it is. Uh, you'll be over 100. I still think you're better than Boston because of the pitching. I agree with you that it's just a, a thorn in your side type of thing. Two games up in the lost columns. So the Red Sox did gain some ground. They were up four. But uh, listen, it's a division rival, and there's, they're pesky sometimes. Every team has that team that just comes in there and, and just torches you. And uh, looking around baseball, uh, the Mets now losing 2 nothing to Pittsburgh. Seth Lugo, not a good starter. He's much more uh, efficient in the bullpen, just gave up a home run. Vinny, they've now lost six in a row. Um, your rant was about a speaker. My rant is going to be about Dominic Smith, a professional baseball player not knowing how to bunt. Uh, I have the quote that uh, Anthony DeComo posted about it, which uh, Mickey Calloway on why Dom Smith did not bunt in the 10th on Sunday, uh, an open left side. So, quote, we thought about bunting, but Dobbs never bunted in his professional career. <laughs> so we did not think that would be a good idea, unquote. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a professional baseball player doesn't know how to bunt? Pitchers bunt. Don't you know how to bunt? I, I don't you take bunting practice the first two. Uh, anytime you hit the cage, you're bunting. You suck. Find time to bunt. I can't Dominic Smith. Oh, unbelievable. Fat Dom's never bunted in his life. What, Big what Mike. Spring training over there? Not even spring training. Every time you step in the cage, the first two are bunts. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's unbelievable, and that's just the first thing. And then Goon, before we came on, said the Mets had no idea who the starting pitcher was going to be for Sunday's game as of Saturday night. And they went with Jerry Blevins, which was a disaster. What was up with that, man? (laughs) Jerry Blevins, the left-hander that throws junk and soft pitches up there. (laughs) We're going to start him against the Dodgers, Jerry Blevins. And uh, the Mets were kind of in that game, but they did give up seven solo home runs in that game to the Dodgers. So ended up uh, winning again. The Dodgers have won like seven straight against the Mets, I believe. Let's uh, stick with the Dodgers, I guess. There, I believe Cody Bellinger good. is now eleven and zero lifetime against the Mets. That is your boy, Cody. You uh, you have a little it man is. crush on him. But the Dodgers are they back? I don't know about back. I really don't. I, I need to see more of Kershaw. Uh, I need to see more of the whole team. To be honest with you, you can't just go in there and beat up on the Mets and and let's say they're back. This is a team that was starting to get laughably bad to start the year. Um, they are only half game back of the wild card right now. And how many games back of their division? Two and a half. They're two and a half back of that division. They got Kershaw back, but that lineup doesn't really do it for me. But Justin Turner, a great Met killer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, starting to come around as is Cody Bellinger, and these two guys are good enough to uh, carry him. But I still think, I know you guys are leading Cubs, that Manny Machado will be a Los Angeles Dodger, and that is good enough to send them back and maybe even get back to the World Series, Mike, with a healthy rotation, at least Walker Bueller and Kershaw back. And we'll see. Bueller still not throwing, still feeling pain on that side. If he was to somehow become healthy and Kershaw with the back becomes healthy, uh, I mean, that's someone too. Vinny, let's go into it. Fact or fiction? You know I like my Monday night games. I love the games, Mike. <laughs> uh, fact or fiction? I'm stealing it from ESPN. They do it, but we'll put a little twist on it. We're going to do baseball. So, Vinny, the <laughs> Nationals are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Fact or fiction? They will not win the division. I'm Still riding them, even though... Yeah, three games back, Vinny. Even though that is a pretty good division now this year, and I feel like they just haven't gone anywhere when I keep riding them. But last night was a big win for them. They uh, got like four runs in that eighth inning. Big time hit by Daniel Murphy, who had three hits. Yep. So we know how... And Bryce Harper had three doubles. Uh, These two guys get hot. That's a great lineup right there. The bullpens were doing their job, and we all know how good that rotation is. I'm going to say we'll not win the division. They're going to win the division, but I'm not as confident as I was. You still got them in the World Series? I do. I have them winning the World Series. Uh, I think once they get in, you know, you shorten it up. And uh, a couple of pitchers here. You haven't abandoned ship yet. 
No, I'm not abandoning ship. I like the Nationals there. Vinny, the Mets, fact or fiction, they will lose 100 games. They're on pace to lose 95. <laughs> uh, no, no, not 100. Uh, I'm definitely pulling for that. That'd be not too funny, but um, I don't see it happening. I'm going to go fiction on the 100 games. This is a fact. They are losing 100 <laughs> games. Are you kidding me? Mickey, they just put up Mickey Calloway's home record since May 22nd. They're 1-12. 100 games is so bad. To They're lose. losing 100 really games, bad. That's guys. 40 games under 500. I'm sorry to tell all the <laughs> Mets fans, and I'm a Mets fan, they are losing 100 Big games. Big Mike. Write the date down. Write the time down. And when it happens, you can play Just the from, they you know, doing my homework on you. <laughs> uh, Vinny, Nolan Arenado, uh, quietly one of the best players in baseball. And I say quietly because we talk Trout and, you know, uh, whatever. Nolan Arenado, to me, is right there. He's batting 318, which is fifth in the National League. He's got 18 home runs, second in the National League. He's got 55 RBIs, third in the National League. So, Vinny, fact or fiction, Nolan Arenado will win the Triple Crown. Uh, triple Crown is tough, man. Uh, we were talking about Miggy last week, the last time we saw somebody do that. And there's not too many Triple Crowns in baseball history. I'm going to say no. It's just too hard. But, I mean, this guy, he's always around it every year. He's quietly around. He just doesn't blow away in one category. Why We don't talk about him every year with the Triple Crown. So no, I'm going to say fiction because I think home runs will be the will be the killer there. But I think he'll lead the league in RBIs and even batting average. I know your boy Scooter's there. He could get traded. Uh, 318 is an impressive average. Um, playing in Colorado. I just Scooter goes to the Rockies. Um, <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> I will just say the home runs might keep him off of that, but it's certainly something that's not getting talked about at all. Uh, Vinny, fact or fiction? Shohei Otani has played his last game this season. Fact. Agreed, 100%. He's not coming back. They're going to baby the crap out of him, and uh, the M's and the Astros have some good ground on them. Uh, no point of risking this guy. And it looks like they are 11 games out of the division, and quick math has them out of a wild card by um, six and a half games. Six and a half games. So uh, I agree. I think Otani's done for the year, unfortunately, uh, and probably next year. If he has Tommy John, he's going to miss all of next season also. Yeah, he might, and that's a shame. That's too bad. He was pretty fun to watch, and I know you were fascinated by this guy. You had your eye on him from the second he signed with the Angels. And, uh, he's, you haven't seen it. He lived up to it. We haven't he's seen, lived up right. to it both sides, and I thought his bat was going to be a joke, and it, it wasn't, to be honest with you. And the Angels, like I, I make fun of him all the time. They have no left-handed hitting. He was their only guy. And there's a kid in Colorado, Brandon McKay. Look it up. Make sure it's Colorado. But Brandon McKay is going to be a special player, Vinny, because he's doing the same thing. And he's not Japanese. He's actually been doing it over here. He can hit. He can pitch. He's absolutely phenomenal. And that's something to keep an eye on. What does a team do with this now? Because Are we going to see more of this, Mike? I think so. I, I really do. And, I mean, uh, you see it all the time in, like, high school. Right. You see these guys. Usually the best hitters, the pitchers. Tampa Bay, excuse me. So Tampa Bay, Brandon McKay, name to keep an eye on, because he can do the exact same thing Shohei Otani's doing. Uh, Vinny, another Mets one for you. They're one and a half in front of Miami for last place in the division. <laughs> so, Vinny, fact or fiction, they're going to finish in last place in the NL East. I'm going fact. Uh, I actually like the Marlins. I loved their team last year until they blew it up. I really liked that lineup, and I really loved Jose Fernandez, obviously. But, um, uh, listen, the, the Marlins the Marlins are decent. They, they can actually hit, and sometimes they can pitch. And uh, I'll tell you what, as somebody who looks at scores all the time, the Marlins make bookies very happy. And uh, I'm going fact also. If I have them losing 100 games, you bet I have yeah, them you have to. last place. So that is a fact. Uh, and you, you penciled in the Marlins for 100 losses. I, I remember you did. You I had think them be as, a, 90, as the, the worst team in baseball. Now you got the Mets. 
Clayton Kershaw, and he's been put on the DL twice this season. So fact or fiction, he will not go on the DL again this season. Fiction, he will. Uh, I agree with you. I just think something's wrong there. And you sort of there at the start. I'm not convinced he's 100% healthy. And I think that could be the Dodgers killer. Uh, unfortunately, 30 years old, looks like he's starting to break down. Mike, they literally gave him a rehab start. He just three innings <laughs> against the Mets. That yeah. was literally a rehab start. They treated it just like a rehab start with how many pitches and innings he threw. And he came in there and he uh, battled the ground good enough to get the uh, the Dodgers the win. And I have two more for you. For the ground, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, El Gary to the DL. Austin Romine will start. So, Vinny, I'm going to say fact or fiction, and you already hinted on this. The Yankees are not going to miss Sanchez and his 190 average. Uh, fact, they're going to miss him. But, I mean, everyone's in panic mode because they lost three straight. And it's the first time they lost three straight this year, which is pretty damn good. I'm sure every team besides them have lost lost three in a row. Um, so, I'm going to go fact that's going to, that's going to hurt them because I don't think Romine – we saw Romine get the hot start last year, and then when he got more playing time, he started slowing down. Um, I'm going to say fact, but I don't think it's going to hurt them in the win-loss category. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to miss the bat at all. He's a, I think Romine's a better defensive player, maybe not in arm strength, but he calls a good game. He's been hitting well this season. I understand your point that he has slowed down last time when he got a, a little more playing time. But to me, they're not going to miss him one bit. I really don't. And maybe this is something that El Gary had a, a smaller injury and was nursing it, and that's why we're not seeing the offense. Actually, he, he actually slowed down getting less playing time. He uh, he started for uh, Sanchez that first month, and then uh, he couldn't hit once he was in the everyday lineup. So maybe it's the opposite. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think the Yankees miss El Gary one bit. And uh, the last one, Jacoby Ellsbury is still not doing baseball activities. <laughs> really. So fact or fiction, he will not play this season. He is not going to play this season. And if I'm the Yankees, listen, you got to pay him one way or another. Just trade him. Just get him out of there. You can't. Who, who's taking him? Somebody. Maybe, no one's taking maybe somebody will take contract. him. No, no one's taking the contract. We'll pay for the contract. Take him. <laughs> you know, maybe you hang on to a prospect that way. Who knows? You don't know who you're dealing with. But, I mean, this guy, the only thing he's good for is uh, catches interference once in a week. And, uh, Goon, can you look up that contract? Because that's uh, it's a bad one. Vinny likes to say not too funny. Well, that contract is uh, – You great. are spot on about that. <laughs> you like to say spot on. Um, um, I agree with you. He's not playing Since that Ellsbury contract, though, Cashman's been absolute money. He has. He, he definitely has. I agree. He's not playing this season. I think we knew that he wasn't playing this season. They have Clint Frazier in the waiting. There's nowhere for them to play. And I think it was one of those things, Jacoby, you want to come back, uh, you're not going to play. So, if you want to stay on the DL and – and, you know, come visit the clubhouse on Friday. I like wonder if did. that guy could still run. Maybe a postseason pinch running option because uh, Torres uh, can't stay on the base. He got picked off last year. So maybe he's a pinch runner this year. He is under contract through 2021 Ugh. at $21 million per season. Ugh. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. He, uh, he might have a spot to battle for next year with Hicks and Gardner, uh, free agents. So um, who knows? I, I think he's finished. I hope. He's gone. I don't care what they do with him, honestly. <laughs> Just don't play him. Yeah, you got it. You got to accept that. Uh, 7.50 here over the top sports. Uh, we had Tony Delk on a little bit earlier. Goon will get that interview up. We have the 100th show scheduled for July 7th, which a couple of guests scheduled, a bunch of giveaways. I know one of them is a Severino jersey. I think um, – who else do we have? Mike Trout, I think, is another jersey. So a uh, few jerseys, a couple autographs we'll give away. And a few guests scheduled in a two-hour special uh, hundred show. Uh, real quick question on Facebook from Chris Brown. I don't believe it's the singer. He <laughs> wants to know since the Reds have lost Nick Senzel for the season, who else can they look upon as a replacement in the outfield? Should one of the three starters go down? Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about that, but Nick Senzel's injury, unfortunately, he's done for the season. And, Sucks. Yeah, Vinny, this is somebody that um, I had coming up with Clayver Torres months ago. This kid is ready. 
He's that talented. He should have been up. He should have been playing every day. There was just no spot for him. He had Suarez, who's been ridiculous. I think he's still leading the National League in RBIs. Scooter Jeanette, I mean, there was no place to play this kid, unfortunately. And now he goes down with a season-ending injury. Um, the from Red- vertigo to uh, now his finger, right? Right, yeah. The Reds have some promising prospects, though. They really do. That is a uh, a farm system that is quietly growing under the radar, and I like that, uh, that farm system a lot. And I tweeted about the uh, Tampa Bay Rays having more of a future than the New York Mets. The Cincinnati Reds have more of a young future than the New York Mets. I agree. Let's, let's keep it with the hottest team in baseball. They're on a seven-game win streak. They just mm-hmm. took four straight from the Chicago Cubs. Yep. So uh, this team is actually playing well with limited talent. The rotation's not there, but they do have farm system. Yep. And they do have some decent players in there. Look at the emergence of Scooter Jeanette. Uh, maybe they shouldn't be so quick to sell, Mike. Oh, stop. They're, they're, stop. I think they could be good quicker than you think. We're going to win that bitch. First no, of all, let's get Scooter Jeanette into the All-Star game. Everyone go out there, <laughs> vote Scooter, because everyone's all over Javi Baez. Everyone's all over Ozzy oh, Albies. Let's, let's go! Let's go! Mentioning him on our Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S. And I'm going to continue to do it until he gets what he uh, deserves. Hashtag Reds Country. Hashtag Vote Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scooter Jeanette will not be the Reds' second baseman come the trade deadline. You can take that to the bank. I don't know about that. He will be gone. The Reds will be uh, – He's a fan favorite out there. The Reds will be in the bottom of that division. They're just playing decent ball right now. Billy Hamilton looks like he's been back. But I will tell you this. The Reds and how they played lately is why I didn't take the Braves tonight. So they They're prevented hot. me – Yeah, exactly. Eight and two in the last ten. That's seven straight. They beat the Cubs four in a yeah. row, man. And did you see how the way they did it? They were down 6-1 in the seventh inning. They come out there to score uh, seven runs. Take an 8-6 lead. Uh, they hit everybody. They had four relievers, they I think, in that Strobe, inning. Everybody, yep. yeah. Strobe sucks. I think that guy's <laughs> awful. But uh, the, the Reds, they, they have some fight for a team that's not going anywhere this year. And you have to like that, especially if you're a Red fan. Uh, I wish my team had fight. Vinny, uh, 7.55 here. Uh, I do want to just talk about Julian Edelman real quick. Um, we didn't get to him. It's an interesting situation. It is. He was suspended four games for failing a drug test. He's, his appeal was supposed to be heard today. I have not seen anything about the appeal, uh, you know, the results of that or whatever. First of all, it's not very easy to win an appeal, but uh, when we've seen that. But if anybody has a case to win an appeal, it has to be Julian Edelman. First of all, they didn't say what the, te- the drug was that he popped for. They have no idea. So, and the other thing is, now they're saying the NFL mishandled the results. So, uh, to me, if this was the court of law, mm-hmm. and Goon could attest to this, it's getting thrown out. And this should be thrown out as well for Julian Edelman. It's just like Roger Goodell just – opens up the Patriots roster, closes his eyes, goes up and down until he reaches a name and says, you're getting the four-game suspension this year, and it landed on <laughs> Julian Edelman. Uh, every year you just see a Patriot getting suspended, I feel like, and uh, it really looks like, once again, Roger Goodell in the NFL dropped the ball, as we always say, in, involving NFL suspensions, because uh, it doesn't look like they have much of a case here, Mike, and I definitely think it's going to get uplifted. I agree with you, and I don't know, maybe if it's four games, maybe he gets it down to, to two or whatever. Uh, first of all, I think it might get – Completely. I, I would think that also. But again, hopefully it's not four. Um, if it is thrown out, you're then going to hear again all of oh, the NFL <laughs> needs the Patriots. The NFL <laughs> wants the Patriots. And that really isn't the case. I think it's Goodell, more they hate the Patriots. Exactly. <laughs> Goodell absolutely hates the Patriots. And whether Julian Edelman's there or not, you can pencil the Patriots in for 11 wins. That's true. At least 11 wins. I still say they're always a 12 win guarantee team. But uh, hey, it doesn't look like they have much to support their case here. And Edelman looks like he's in the right here. So I would love to see that happen. And just to see the Patriot fans laugh in Goodell's face once again. <laughs> uh, Vinny, and because we're in New York, we have to mention that 
Uh, SNY's Ralph Vaccarino is reporting that uh, Odell supposedly said a holdout is still on the table. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm surprised by that because he said he was fully expected to go to training camp and go to mandatory uh, practice and everything. So um, I'm surprised by that. Um, I was, you know, until he said that, I was expecting him to do that. But um, what do you think the Giants are going to do with this guy? You think how quick are they going to let him hold out for if he does? I don't know. I mean, the contract – he he deserves the contract. Let's put it like that. They have to pay him. You can't let a player of that caliber go. But uh, at the same time, you know, with all the off-field nonsense or whatever, I would just be hesitant to to give that guy a blank check. I really would. Yeah, you got to be a little bit. I think he's certainly matured a little bit this offseason. At least he's shown it. But um, they, they're going to be able to pay him. You got Eli Manning off the books in two years. Right. And they can afford, you know, the future money that they could give him. Um, it's it's still going to have Landon Collins, though. It's a situation I want to get resolved quick. And yeah. does he deserve to get paid? You know what he does. Every, every wide receiver that he's better in than that draft class, they got paid. It's, right. it's his time. He deserves it. But I just hope he, he's handling things in a mature matter. I just hope this distraction isn't worse than his other distractions he had in the past. Uh, to your point, every other receiver did get paid. But every other receiver is kind of quiet. Uh, you don't see them kicking nets, peeing like a dog, and uh, – <laughs> So just to that, uh, to me, stuff like that goes a long way. You'd have uh, to think on Eli's final two years here, you'd have to say that they got to make sure they have assets here. Agreed. And especially he is if, obviously a top talent in this league. Right. And especially if you're going to draft Saquon Barkley, uh, it, this is a Band-Aid. You're going for it. This isn't the rebuild. So I agree with you. He has probably the best offensive weapons around Eli he's ever had in his career. He has three 100%. first out there. 100%. Uh, three minutes to go. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that John Tavares, uh, without <laughs> Rob here, John Tavares has said that he's going to go into a listening phase, which uh, I had expected all along. Uh, sounds like he's going to listen to the Leafs, the Sharks, and the Stars. Uh, that's according to Arthur Staple. Believe the Bruins are in as well. Right now, the Canadians and Vegas are not on that list. So those are the teams, the Leafs, the Sharks, and the Stars. Vinny, where does John Tavares end up? I've been, so I've been Toronto for a long, long time, and that's who I voted for on our poll. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Toronto. I still think uh, him and Matthews would be dynamic together. I think uh, he's a Canadian, so he wants to go to Canada. I think it's a good fit. <laughs> uh, doesn't like my pick. <laughs> and the fans here, and about 300 votes, the fans all think that he comes back to the Islanders, so who knows? Uh, we're a lot of Islander fans vote <laughs> I told Rob on Saturday, um, I've, every Islander fan, we're pretty skeptical and not feeling too confident about it. And then these last two, three weeks, they, are, they couldn't be more confident right now he's coming back. So we'll see. And you have Bagel Ball, Salt Long Island, one of the biggest bagel chains, offering free bagels for a year. And, uh, With really, free delivery, too. Yeah, really trying to get him there. And then there's also an interesting article on TSN Hockey. Uh, could the Maple Leafs give John Tavares, Vinny, a one-year deal for $15.9 million, which would be the most in one season for a player. That'd be interesting, but I don't think he's looking for the one-year or anything to prove. I think – well, they would need money to come off the books, so that could be a bridge contract also. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I can't see him doing That's that. No he way. he wants a long-term contract. He he's So many teams could offer him a long-term contract. Why would he take the one? I, I understand the money's there, but I, no, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's certainly possible. I think it's something to keep an eye on. I think he wants to play in Toronto, the hometown. Uh, his wife is from there. He's from there. So I think whatever gets it done, uh, whether it's one-year deal or not, I think Toronto is going to be the destination. Vinny, we've got a minute to go, a little less than that. Give me your final thoughts for the week. All right. Hanley Ramirez, he is not under federal investigation related to that drug ring. He had a funny tweet. He said, I have been home enjoying my family, not playing baseball. 
Not being on a team has been my choice. Grateful to those of you who have res- resisted spreading the reckless, misleading reports. Hashtag I see you. Hashtag loyal. Hashtag only love here. And do not go to Saudi Arabia because women are now officially allowed to drive there. <laughs> uh, I am not topping that. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We're back on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be one hour on Saturday, 1030 start time. Vinny, you are not here. It is me, Robin. Tony Delk, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you Saturday. Good night, everybody. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.